Hello, everybody, and welcome to Walking Between Shadows. I'm Taryn Elliott, and along with me is my amazing husband. I'm Ben Elliott. And we're here to talk about true crime all the time. One third of murders in America go unresolved, statistics show. WBJ7 Eyewitness News reporter Amanda Gary joins us live in studio with the local sheriff's office working to blow the lid off cold cases in their department. Amanda. Eric, having someone you know or love be murdered is already difficult enough for anyone to deal with. But not having the closure of knowing their killer has been put to justice makes it that much more heart-wrenching. This is what the Gibson County Sheriff's Office says is motivation to breathe new life into crimes of the past. On this rural corner in Milan, a man is growing a garden in his yard. He is vaguely aware that almost 20 years ago, what investigators describe as a gruesome double homicide took place here. The Sheriff's Department answered a call uh, on Easter Sunday, April 4th, uh, 1999. Officials say 31-year-old Deborah Halliburton and her eight-year-old daughter Ambria were found dead, stabbed multiple times with a kitchen knife. Knowing what the crime scene looked like and, um, you know, a 31-year-old mom and an eight-year-old daughter, that's, that's motivation enough. The trailer where Deborah Halliburton and her daughter used to live no longer stands here on Caraway Hills Road. But Sheriff Paul Thomas says even though time has passed and the mother and daughter are now gone, that does not mean they're forgotten. Just because it wasn't able to be solved 20 years ago, um, there's no reason to, to just push it to the side and say, let's move on. Investigator Brad Oliver says he and his team have decided to reopen this cold case, mainly, he says, because of the overwhelming amount of evidence. This box is full of uh, crime scene photos, videos, uh, taped interviews. Almost a year and a half has been spent reading over these stacks of records and reports that were taken almost two decades ago. There's pages and pages of notebook paper, of field notes, uh, and they may have something highlighted or may have an asterisk by something, and you wonder, well, why did they put an asterisk by that? But investigators say they do have their advantages. Training that investigators receive now as far as interview skills or evidence collection or just examining evidence is so much better than it was 20 years ago. Not to mention advances in technology, specifically in the program CODIS, or Combined DNA Index System. CODIS is a database maintained by the FBI that includes the DNA profiles of violent offenders across the country. We can compare it from a local case to a state case or a federal case, see if there's any that are connected this is why investigator Oliver says not only are they re-interviewing witnesses and persons of interest, but he says they are also resubmitting evidence. What's in here that is new or fresher from your findings? Some of the things here uh, were resubmitted, but nothing, nothing is new evidence. It's all evidence that was here. But investigator Oliver says the key element is the results from testing the murder weapon or the handle of the kitchen knife. These results, he says, have led him into what he's confident is the right direction, a direction he hopes will close this case once and for all. This little girl was, was eight at this time. She'd be 28 years old now. And uh, I think about all the things that she missed out on. And we can't give all that back to her or the family. But knowing that, that we did something to bring some peace to that family uh, would be huge for us. 
To this day, no one has been charged in the deaths of Deborah and Ambria Halliburton. If you have any information on this case, you are urged to contact the Gibson County Sheriff's Office at the number on your screen. Live in studio, Amanda Gary, WBBJ7. Hi, Ben. Hey, Tanner. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're discussing Debbie and Ambria and that WBBJ newscast that we just put up. Yeah, that was from 2018, right? And so here we are five years later. Five years later. Still no answers, still nobody really talking. Right. Um, But, yeah, I know you've learned some more stuff, and, you know, we've stayed in touch with everybody. We have. Uh, Debbie's brother, Tommy, and his wife, Rebecca, Christy Sedlock, and... um, You've talked recently to Debbie's daughters, I have. too, so... Janie and Sierra and Selena mm-hmm. book. So, I've been in contact with them, and we're just trying to still get some answers. So, the timeline on this is kind of what we're discussing right now, yeah. and, and of the investigation. Yeah. And from 20... Or from 1999, right after the murders, until 2002... There was two suspects that were mentioned, and even in some newspaper clippings, local newspaper clippings, and even some all the way down in Texas. And that was on Angel Resendez Ramirez and Tommy Lynn Sales. Yeah. Tommy Lynn Sales actually was executed in 2014, with Debbie and Ambria still listed as two of his victims. Mm-hmm. But, No. Yeah, he was he was in fact ruled out early on in the investigation by yeah. uh, Sheriff Joe Shepard and um, Jimmy Hand, Jimmy Hand, the lead investigator at the time. Yeah, yeah, because like his confession, everyone kind of believes that it was for attention, and it was also so off of the crime scene. Nothing matched. Nothing was, you know, as he said. So and that his, was it didn't represent his MO from the murders that they did prove that he did. And he only got convicted of one and executed as a result of one, mm-hmm. but they linked him to several others through evidence and you know commonalities among the different murders. Mm-hmm. And Debbie and Ambria's scene did not nothing matched nothing to matched. what was normally his MO. Right. So in two thousand two he was ruled out as well as Angel. Resendez Ramirez, and I think Ramirez was ruled out before Tommy Lynn Sales. So some years go by, and some hands get changed in 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 the uh, in the sheriff's department. Yeah, and it goes from Joe Shepard to Chuck Arnold's hands. Right, and, and that was in two thousand six. Right, and there was an article where this Debbie and Andrea were mentioned again. Yeah, in that transition between Joe Shepard and Chuck Arnold, it, that was definitely mentioned again because Joe Shepard had apparently kept a picture of Debbie and Amber on his desk, and he handed that off to Chuck Arnold as, as something that was real important to him. Right. Or at least that's what the article implied. Exactly. So it went from Chuck Arnold's hands to Paul Thomas's hands. Mm-hmm. And in 2018... That's when the WBBJ article came out. Mm-hmm. And I actually found more information when I started researching Debbie and Avery's case under Tennessee Unsolved, Missing Unsolved. Mm-hmm. And it's on Facebook, and it's got cases listed. But the problem was is the name, 
because on the WBBJ broadcast, it does have that Debbie's name was Deborah Halliburton. Right. So when I went to looking for Deborah Harris and Ambria Halliburton, I, I was limited on the information I could find. Mm-hmm. But when I changed that to what Debbie's last name was, when she passed away, that's on her headstone, Debbie Harris or Deborah Harris, I was able to find a lot more information yeah. on that. And she was still a Harris at that time. Yeah. And she was married. And Jamie and her were only divorced or separated. They weren't even divorced. Mm-hmm. So they were only separated for a few weeks mm-hmm. at the time of the murder. Mm-hmm. So that cleared that up a lot for me and been able to research this. And anybody wanting to look into that will be able to find out more information on Debbie and mm-hmm. Ambria if you look under Harris and Halliburton. Not Halliburton and Halliburton. Yeah. So that was that was a little confusing. And then with the WBBJ broadcast, they talked about the weapons and how they've been resubmitted into evidence in 2018, especially focusing on the kitchen knife that was yeah. found. Yeah. We don't know what you know what happened with that or what the evidence produced. Yeah. Well, after we submitted our Freedom of Information request to the Sheriff's Department, I talked to Brad Oliver, and he said that you know, the knife had been tested so much that it basically had diluted it to make it useless and um, in getting any new evidence. Yeah. And, you know, we just, we want to question, you know, have the newer techniques been used there and, and stuff like that. So, you know, that video led everybody to believe that they had, they had know, it nailed, they everything had. nailed down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, also in the video, I want to mention the overwhelming amount of evidence that, you know, they showed that they had, that they said that they had, right. and yet there's some key things um, that allegedly are missing from that evidence now. And that may be key things that we aren't intended to know just right. for the integrity of the investigation. So I want to keep that open too. Yeah. Debbie's birthday's coming up this Tuesday, the 28th. She'll be 55 years old. And Tommy. Uh, Debbie's brother has been in contact with Brad Oliver from the Gibson County Sheriff's Department and they're supposed to be talking sometime this week and let's just hope for maybe some answers there too and some so what's what's the approximate age range of the three girls uh, of Debbie's Debbie's daughters um, I believe the twins are born in 87 and Selena is the oldest so I think she was born in 86 so yeah you know that would the time of the murders they were preteen teen you know and they were they were living down in louisiana with their dad gary book that's right but there's a resurgence of them wanting to know what happened too absolutely you know, because it was their mom and, it, and look at all the grandkids that wow. Debbie missed out on yeah and look at the nieces and nephews and sisters that Ambria's missed out on so I'm, I'm excited about you having talked to Debbie's kids and, and they're firing up their interest because that's what it's going to take to get answers in right. this case is it doesn't matter if you're removed from the situation by geography. We, you're, the, you're her daughters, mm-hmm. you know, and the only way they're going to listen to find our answers is if the family just keeps putting pressure out there too. We, we have a, a limited amount of pressure that we can put on there but when we're doing it with the family it, it's going to be more effective over time so well, i'm excited that you're talking to them and getting right. to know them yeah. well their, their their father has passed away 
their grandmother has passed away. And their grandfather just, Debbie's dad just recently passed away. Yeah. So the only, you know, they, they deserve some answers. And really the only relative that from Debbie that is left is Tommy. In the area. For in sure. the area yeah. for sure. So. And her dad was living in Humboldt when he passed a few weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so these girls are in Louisiana and I believe are around that area still. Mm-hmm. And. They, they deserve some answers, and they all have children Yeah. that Debbie has missed out on meeting. Yeah. And they missed out on meeting their grandmother. Right. Well, and... And their aunt. You know, and speaking of that, you know, there's people that always want to force themselves into something because of this innate idea that they're going to get in the limelight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's been plenty of folks try that since we started this podcast with not just Debbie and Ambria's case, but with a couple other cases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But in, in Debbie and Ambria's, you know, it, it's amazing that even though we're approaching 24 years since it happened, it's amazing how many people come out of the woodwork and, and have something to say. Right. You know, and of course, everything's speculation, really. You know, and, and those that feel like they have something to say that carries weight or bearing in this case, you know, they need to be talking to the sheriff's department too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, Absolutely. that's who they owe their time to. And I ask for the respect, unless, unless Jamie or Selena or Sierra ask to be notified by people mm-hmm. that are, you know, involved in this case or know, say they know something about this case, please don't contact them without their permission and and say things that are untrue or... Speculative. Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't know, but yeah. it's, not, it, it's not appropriate. Right. If they have something that they want to say about this case, it needs to go to the Gibson County Sheriff's Department yeah. or the authorities. Yeah. TBI, FBI, FBI, or Gibson County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, and at the end of this, we'll list all the contact information mm-hmm. for the Sheriff's Department, the TBI, and the FBI. We'll put the email address that you can send information into, and we encourage anybody and everybody that might know something about this to contact one of those agencies yeah. as soon as possible and with as much detail as possible. Absolutely. You can remain anonymous with them, and, and there's no need in... in being fearful, um, and if one agency's not listening, go to the next. Right. That's right. Yeah. Very much. And if anybody has any information on these suspects prior to this, the murders, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's important too. It's a it's a good character. Uh, you're a good character witness. Yeah. And that is important too. So yeah. I mean, you can tell us. And we can only go so far, and then it becomes hearsay. So the best thing to do is go to the police with this. And it's difficult. You know, in some cases, we've talked to people that say, well, you know, it's 23 years later, and I don't know that I remember it exactly right. And then there's those that say, I remember it like it happened yesterday. But I don't want to say anything for fear of, you know, backlash or something like that. You got to drop all that. Mm-hmm. You can't be fearful of that kind of stuff because at the end of the day, it's going to be handled one right. way or another. And so 
just drop that fear as best you can and, and help us help these agencies get answers to this family. That's right. That's all that matters. They deserve it. Yeah. So. Well, all right, Ben. Thank you. Over the past four or five months, Ben and I have talked a whole lot about Debbie and Ambria's murders. Talked about witnesses and theories and the investigations, but we have not had the opportunity to talk about Debbie and Ambriette on a personal note. And I think that's really important. Debbie was a beautiful, free spirit, 31 year old mother of four daughters. Debbie's oldest daughters were in their teens and preteens at the time of the murders and living in Louisiana with their dad. Debbie never got to know what it felt like to, to have love from a man without abuse and, and with softness instead. She never got that. Debbie never got to finish taking care of Ambria or Jamie or Selena or Sierra. And Debbie never got a chance to meet her grandchildren. Ambria, Ambria was a smart little girl. She was on the honor roll in Madonna. She loved her mama. She would have loved to get to meet her sisters, but she never did. She loved her friends. She loved animals, especially horses. She loved to aggravate her Aunt Sandy. And she loved her Uncle Tommy, or her Uncle Weepy, as she called him. And I've come to find out that she's the only one that can call him that. Ambria's nickname was Dolly, because when she was a baby, Debbie and Tommy said she looked like a little baby doll with her blonde hair and big brown eyes. Uncle Tommy had bought Ambria a pair of ropers before she was murdered and she never got a chance to wear those boots. Anybody at that time in 99 remembers how those ropers were a big thing and I know they were for Ambria too. Spirit, This has been Walking Between Shadows. Again, I'm your host, Ben Elliott, and my wife, Taryn Elliott. Look for our next episodes coming soon, and don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button.